one. What up, y'all? Episode two of The Blueprint. We're rolling. We've got our guy, KP Karampatel, in the house uh, on the couch session here. Man, thanks for coming through. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier about you had a podcast yesterday, but it was over Zoom, but we're sitting here physically in front of each other. Um, how's that feel, being here in person, holding the mic, um, getting to chop it up with us in person? You know, it's honestly kind of a different vibe. You don't have to see somebody through a computer screen and have to deal with the lag. We were yeah, talking yeah, about we're not gonna ask like, a question and they... I might and stutter. I might stutter a little bit, but I definitely won't lag and yeah, glitch. He stutters a too much. Uh, <laughs> no, man, I, I appreciate you coming here. Um, I'm excited to to get down and learn about you. Learn about you some more and and, and what, what Karan Patel's been through as, as far as a guy. Learning baseball, getting into minor league ball. Um, we wouldn't have you on if you didn't have a cool story, right? True. You know, so... Uh, I think it was when we when we started this and we were going through our list of people of who we wanted. Uh, your name was definitely one that came up first as far as, you know, Houston guy. Uh, we're wrapping up the offseason, so we wanted to get you before you started playing again. And uh, and so I'm thankful that that made a drive down here. Texted me today at like 1030. You're on my way on my way. And I'm like, oh, no, he's early all the time early. Like, you're not early, dude. I was in like, there. He'll, be, he'll be there like 45 minutes early. Dude, I was wearing yeah. joggers. I didn't have a shirt on. I had a beanie on. I was like you working on a trash bag. <laughs> Dude, that's messed up. Look, to be fair, Gabe didn't tell me that it was gonna be at twelve thirty. And initially, yeah, what time did Gabe walk in? Let's be honest, it was probably like a busy man. I had, a, I, had a, I had a meeting with ZT Corporate. Shout out ZT. <laughs> Gabe is a busy guy, so we give him some leniency. As far as my trash bag outfit. <laughs> I don't I don't take that offensive at all. I thought it's I was swag. great. It's swag. It was a Lululemon matching. Look, don't let don't let Gabe set. get you like that because for the last what training with him since 2019, the only outfit we saw is him wearing gray, <laughs> gray on gray, gray, baby. <laughs> so this Halloween, neutrals dog. Oh, this was pretty this, right. this, this Halloween, yeah. we all decided that when we come to the gym. We all wore gray on gray. They're 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 trying to be me, which is flattering. So you how know, many people were in the gym wearing gray on gray? Everybody, every was athlete, gray. And, and even every Mac and Marion. But this here's the thing, and he didn't realize. Here's the thing, oh, he didn't notice. <laughs> they they thought Classic. they could be me, but that day I was wearing three different shades of gray. <laughs> I was like, even when y'all are trying to be me, y'all can't be me. Literally, it was in three different shades of gray. So he. You were in three different, but it was, was gray like, nonetheless. It, it was like gray. dark gray, yeah. medium it was gray, gray, light gray. gray. And but I look gray. around, I'm like, that's funny. Okay. Everyone was in two different shades. How of long gray. did it take for him to realize? A while, because you know, the owner of the business is not there when we're starting. But he came in, walked through the the glass door by the kitchen. Peaked. I was there before eight thirty that morning. To be fair, <laughs> let's Peaks not through, get twisted. And then. He didn't say anything, and we were all waiting for a reaction. I can see it being like 45 minutes in, and you're going. I noticed it from Marion first. Wait. I was like, what is And then I was like, Gabe, do you notice something? And then he goes, looks around, and then just makes that face that he always does, just like, yeah. Nice. Y'all are all dressed like me, huh? But <laughs> guess what? I wore three different colors of gray. Like I said, <laughs> you, can, you can try, but you just can't, you know? For some reason, I was like, today I'm going to wear three different... He's things. probably flattered, too, though. He's like, everybody wants to be me. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, why else would they? <laughs> that's an influencer. Yeah, that's an influencer. That's literally the definition of an influencer. I thought it was funny. I think 
Mac tried to go a step further and like have a mustache. Yeah. But it kind of like he colored a piece off. of paper <laughs> and put it on like this. Business owner and just an everyday influencer, not social media influencer. Just the in life, real life yeah, influencer. Real life. Like I said, <laughs> real life. No, that's awesome, man. But uh, KP, I, I I think the way we usually start this is is I, I want to know what it was like growing up in, in the Patel household. Um, you KC. know, <laughs> my guy. Uh, grew up in Sugarland, right? Yeah, in Sugarland. So at first, um, our house was in A Leaf, okay. and um, we were there probably like three, four years, and then ended up one day we were at, went to go watch one of my dad's cricket games, and grandma left something in the oven, oven triggered house on fire. No way. So that's how. It's probably something spicy. Yeah. <laughs> could be something. I don't know. Indian grandmas and moms, they love putting oil in the oven. Like, <laughs> hey, if something sparks, you don't think it's going to catch on fire? <laughs> And so, olive oil. no <laughs> way. Like the old oil that you have in the yeah. pan if you're frying something, and they just put it in there so that maybe they can reuse or like dump it out later. Okay, okay, okay. Thing. And so, yeah, the house ended up catching on fire, whatever, saved it. It's not like they had to rebuild ground up. Okay. And so, we were living in an apartment, and then I think it was like a year or two later, my mom was like, let's get him to a better neighborhood so he can go to a better school. Mm-hmm. And so there was a house for sale um, on my cousin's street, so my mom's brother's street. And my mom went behind my dad's back and put an offer <laughs> on the house. Your mom did? Yeah. Casey? How did Casey take that? Well, my dad was going to do it, too, to surprise oh. her. So it, it ended up, like, working out. We moved there, and that was in Sugarland. So that's where I am currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. So the fire is what sparked all of this. The fire. No pun intended on that. But... Okay, so you mentioned your dad playing cricket. Yeah. Uh, did that play any effect on you playing baseball, or did we play cricket before baseball? How did we get into that? So since, like, the age of two, cricket's always been first. So every Sunday I was, was spent kind of like father-son time, uh-huh. but, like, he was playing and I was just sitting there. But I would be going to cricket games and then kind of practiced, and dad knew a lot of high players like in India so when they would come over to the states they would stay with us they would like practice with me in the garage just trying to get me going and so that kind of got me into it and then I think t-ball starts around like what age four yeah four or five Mm -hmm. so they threw me in t-ball but it was just I kind of played all sports it wasn't just only baseball and only cricket Mm -hmm. and then towards the end got to high school and even in high school it was still a 50-50 split like Mm -hmm. I was playing cricket so like when we played you I don't yeah. know, what were you, like sophomore? When you maybe punched out like Jun- 20 of us? I think, y'all were, <laughs> I think y'all were like a year older. Than we're 2014. Yeah. yeah, I'm a yeah. 15 grad. So yeah, so it was my were, junior year. So yeah. you were still involved in cricket playing? Yeah, I was on the team, uh, team USA under 19 squad. What in yeah. the world? Yeah, Man, so I, I was doing both. Like, funny story, in travel ball, every coach knew Patel's only there till Saturday. Sunday is reserved for cricket. <laughs> so like, being a PO... You know, got a couple ABs. Being a PO, they had to throw me on Saturday. Unless we went to, like, a perfect game in Atlanta or something. But, like, mm. anything in the state, nah, he's there till Saturday. And then Sunday, he's gone. Like, he's going to go play cricket. Oh. They already knew. It was, like, structured out. So, yeah, it was basically 50-50. Got to college, made the under-19 one more time, going into my freshman right, spring. Okay. 
went to college coach. This was like January. Hey, they're going to Malaysia, World Cup qualifier. Like we win this, been sick. They're in, and college coach goes, "What's more important to you? We're paying for your school. Yeah, we're paying for this." Just bluntly, as yeah. Blunt as it he's gets. like, "You make the decision." So I had to choose between <laughs> representing my country and Division One college baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I ended you, up, yeah. Ended up choosing the baseball route because I mean, who's going to turn down all that money? That I you're mean, you knew what coach's answer was too. Like you knew yeah. what he was, yeah, was yeah. needing to hear, wanted and to hear. Ended up being Saturday starter as a freshman opening day, like opening weekend throughout. So, so obviously a pivotal role too to that yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. It's not like With, you're. It was yeah. him saying it without him saying like. You need to stay. You need to say you're a big yeah. piece and like you can't afford yeah. to. And a coach isn't going to get on weeks. his knees and beg, you know, a college player to, you know, yeah. stay here. You know, we need you. Yeah. Make the, yeah make, they're going to give make you the, the, decision, the adult, but adult uh, decision. The little. Yeah. Ache. It's like you're yeah. going to have to lean this way and you you don't have a choice. What did Casey say about that? He was upset. I mean, yeah. he went and he got like letters from different bo- like the USA Cricket Board you know, high level people saying you got to let him go. But he ended up understanding too. He's like, I mean, he's saving me X amount of dollars in school yeah, because yeah, the, the, the school gave him scholarship factor. Too, right? And he's like, know, they brought right, you there. Well, They're paying for education and exactly. you to go there. Yeah, that is a big variable. Uh, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So it's Casey. Your, That's my dad. Your dad. So we call, Casey's we my love dog. a dad. We love a dad that you can call I by like the first Casey. name, right? Yeah, like we by their nickname or or whatever. Like that's it. Let's just that's say a good dad. Let's just say Casey and Gabe communicate behind my back. <laughs> what is this about? <laughs> Me and Casey are just like <laughs> we're we're tight. Like we're tight. Like I remember one time we were doing live at bats at Kepner, and Casey's like. You gotta come to the house to eat, and I'm like Casey. Oh, I don't. No I can't. It was him and Brock. It was I was him like, and Casey, <laughs> I can't do any kind of spices. He's like, bro, I got you. I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. Like, I can't. I'll die. Fake He's Mexican. like, just, come, just yeah, bad Mexican. He's like, just, just come. So me and Brock came, and Casey made me a separate tray of chicken. Just come from from everybody else. From everyone else. Like this is it was Gabe, like Gabe only. Gabe chicken, no spice, nothing. Dude, like this extremely chicken. bland for like me and you. Standards of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. This chicken was yogurt so down. spicy. Still? And I was like, Mr. <laughs> Patel, I'm literally going to die. And he's like, dude, I didn't even put anything on it. Turns out he cooked it on the same, like, tray. Okay, so, it, yeah, 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 yeah. But it still was like, but I can't even do, a lot of pepper gets me. Like, I can't, like, dude, I was dying. And it had, what was the white sauce that you had? It was yogurt. Yogurt. Yeah. His, his mom was like, do you like some more, would you like some yogurt? I'm like, yeah, dude. My chicken looked like it was in yogurt. Just like, <laughs> no, oh like, my god! You're not the only so one. Though. So my senior year of high school, going into college, I it was that brief period of, hey, you're a draft prospect. Slash, UTSA mm. really wanted me to come to campus, so the coaches drove down to my house, and so my dad also made them a meal because, well, the coach Blair, he, I think he's at Baylor now. Okay. He loved Indian food, so he was good. Oh, yeah. But yeah. the head coach, Coach Marshall, could not handle spice. Yeah, and I'm talking about, man. like, last thing you want to do is he was drinking a Coke while uh-huh. eating spicy food. And, like, obviously, it doesn't make it spicy. Yeah. 
And so he was dying. Like he was dousing milk to kind of calm himself down. And they this were driving is, back sounds like to an San episode Antonio. of Hot Ones, the wing eating, yeah. where it's just yeah. like they're dying yeah. and you're just like, someone help me. Someone I, help me. I went to the restroom and I literally texted Brock, help me. Like <laughs> in I, his house? In yes, the yes. Just yes. We're like, where's Gabe? Bullets. 20 minutes, just gone. And I wish I liked it because like they had some kind of rice. It was all kinds of crazy colors. It looked badass. <laughs> But I'm like, mm, I can't do that. Can't I can't do, do that. I can't do it. So it's not, it's not by choice. You know, oh, no, I no, wish no. I liked spicy. Yeah, no, I've know, had many instances. Like we could go to Sweet Green and get a salad and there's one thing in the yeah. salad where Gabe's like, I can't do it. Like crawfish. <laughs> like, like I wish I could do crawfish. Like sometimes I can't even do crawfish. Yeah, man, that's hilarious. Okay, yeah. so so Casey's your dad. Um, do you have any siblings? Is it, are you the yeah. only, only only child? child. Really? Casey can only have one. No way. Couldn't handle anything else. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. We have KP that, and yeah. KP is like, all right, another KP. We can't do that. <laughs> it's okay. So, I I, I want to ask. You know what? Being an only child, like what? What was it like growing up in your household as far as you know sport goes and and you know being an only child? Like what was like what was it like growing up? Just you know. It's just you and your parents, right? Getting into sport. What else was important to y'all? What kind of influences did your parents have on you, et cetera? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, it was me, mom, dad, and grandma, dad's mom. Yes. So we were all under one roof. And, you know, sports was a big emphasis on what we did, but mm -hmm. also school. That kind of Indian aspect of, hey, okay. good grades allows you to play sport. Right. And so it kind of ended up just doing both. Um, but the only child aspect lived on the same street as my two cousins. So it was oh, like, yeah, yeah, you did say, yeah, you so it was kind of like having siblings, just not in the same household kind of thing. So like get off the bus, basketball on the street, football on the street, you know, had the aspect of like, were you always running down to their door, knocking on the door saying, Hey, let's play. Or so like, we have a super a long thing. driveway. And so we ended up, I always had one basketball goal and then somebody was throwing out their other one. And I go, we can play full court. Basketball. Full court driveway basketball. So Strong. I had two goals up on my driveway. So it would be coming home from school. I biked in elementary school to mm -hmm. the school. So I bike home real fast, let the dog out, feed him, try to hammer my homework out before <laughs> mom and dad get home so I could play. Right. But there would also be times where I wasn't done with homework and mom and dad were already home. So everyone's ringing my doorbell. <laughs> hey, are we playing? Hey, bro, give me 30 minutes. Y'all go eat, come back. <laughs> I'm going to knock this out, and then we're going to Go gonna eat play. your lunch, and we'll come back. Yeah, come back. And so, I mean, it was it was awesome having them there. It yeah. didn't make me feel alone. And then got to high school. My dad ended up bringing two of his nephews from India, Nalik and Rushil. To Gabe, Gabe, Gabe met Rushil. To live with y'all? To live with us and Rishi's do high school. Hilarious. What, what, okay, so they came to the States to play to play sports or no, no, just, no, for, just for school, education? Just school, mm -hmm. just really? education, yeah. So dad brought them over, so I ended up like... What was your reaction where you were like, yes, like I get more people in the house like to play with, or you're just like, you know, or are you kind of hesitant? Only child syndrome. Didn't like to share. But my space. Ended up <laughs> yeah, having to learn how space. to <laughs> share like, hey, we're going out to eat. Now it's, you know, there's six of us, not yeah. four. Yeah. So you have to be able to manage all aspects of hanging out, doing stuff like Roosh didn't have a license. So I was the driver. 
So like time sacrifice too. And it yeah. ended up being dad was like, "Hey, you need to be the manager for the baseball team." Like I couldn't get away from anybody. <laughs> like baseball was my holy grail, you know. Get yeah. out there, no one's there. It's just me and my boys. But then the last two years, and shout out to Rusho, is like we're boys. You know, I actually ended up enjoying having him okay, around. Cool. He's, 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 so he's a joke. Turns out he's so sick. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he is. He is. And, I thought he uh, sucked. He, nah, he's awesome. Guy. He, yeah. he did all he's of our so film oh, for I the game. Really? Oh, sick. So, like, the couple bombs that I hit in my senior year, you just have him on the camera yelling. <laughs> Screaming! Oh my God, he's awesome. I thought he's. I thought he's honestly he's gonna say like Rush ended up doing all of our homework. <laughs> <laughs> they did help we me a lot in school. They were def they were definitely smarter, but they were also um, kind of pranksters. And I know okay. the time wise, we can do some off the air stories. But like, I never got suspended from school. Uh oh. Both of them got suspended from school, really? and it, it was like they would call my mom at work. Hey, and she goes, what did they do? <laughs> really? And there was a two-year age gap, so, like, not like Rashil's older brother was there my freshman and sophomore year. Uh-huh. He graduated. Rashil was there my junior and senior year. And then, like, that junior, senior year, Nolik was still in the house because he was doing junior college. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, all of us under the same roof. So it mm-hmm. ended up just being, a like, trouble. a lot of trouble nice. in one household. My mom was like, wow, I really wanted two kids. I'm thankful I got one, but now there's three. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, oh my gosh, no, that's incredible. Uh, did so? Where'd they? Where'd they end up going? Did the? I mean, was it like? I mean, I guess they were like brothers, right? At yeah, some so point, they, so high school when you were what, 14, 15, 16? Oh, 14, 14 to 18, 18 I had, it's like I had, them I had two and two. I went from only child to two older brothers. Yeah, two older brothers, and so they ended up graduating obviously from Kempner where mm-hmm. I went and then they did uh Nolik did two years at Warren County and then two years at U of H and graduated um and Rusho did four years at U of H so like Indian household everyone lives together like even in India they yeah. have grandma grandpa both brothers both brothers wives and those two families had two kids each oh wow so they were like 10 deep wow. in one house so like even to this day yeah both of them are married. Okay. In the same house. Dude, Rush husband, and his wife. Brother? Yeah, really? husband, wife, wow. husband, wife, one roof. Like we run deep. They, it's just that joint family yeah. aspect of, they don't really know how to live separated. Yeah. Because everything they've done their whole life Dude, has can been you together. Imagine like family meals and like holidays and stuff. Dude, but those you, dinners. You've seen Gabe's be. house. Yeah. yeah, my yeah. house is, it's is kind very of, kind similar. Of same, yeah. Hotel Suisse. <laughs> but you don't know who's walking yeah, out. Yeah, you have no clue. I have no idea who's there ever. Dude, but it's kind of the same concept, except kind of when you get married, it's like, okay, you know, time to go branch off. Yeah. But like, I mean, like for me, staying at my house till I was 30 would have been completely normal. And I'm sure it's the same, same thing. Same here. My like, parents gotcha. don't want me to go. It's, it's never been like, Oh, you know, you hit twenty one, like you know, time to leave. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I can't relate to that. It's kind of you go to college, and when you come back from college, right? Like, you like yeah. come back for a little bit, right? Yeah. And then when you find something, it's like, all right, yeah, no, get no, out, not, not or like go live with buddies or something like that, right? Yeah. Um. Since we're on the family topic, who did? And I, it sounds like your dad, Casey, is is a you know a, a notable figure in your life. Um. 
but is there any athlete or a family member or close person that's a that's been a great mentor to you you know growing up or maybe as of recent you've you've gained a new mentor so in the family dad's also an athlete he played for usa cricket so like when it came to the athlete background definitely Mm -hmm. from him and he has so many like high level friends or very pro pro um athletes like tracy mcgrady when i was in T-Mac? high school, yeah. When he was making that comeback, I was catching his bullpens. <laughs> oh, nice. my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was out for the Skeeters. The skeeters. So, yeah, like, I remember that. him and dad were close. Um, one of my childhood friends, his dad was a trainer for the Rockets. Uh-huh. So, I got to grow up in there with them. And then, obviously, his friends, dad's friends, that professional cricketers, like, mm-hmm. these guys are 14, like, picked one of 14 in a country with billions yeah, of people yeah and so like their praise is gods that is insane but they're they're my dad's friends and yeah. so like they talk to me like when you put the numbers out there that's insane yeah to start thinking about that they they talk to me like if i ever reach out or need help or you know they need something like we have that open line of communication or if i'm struggling in the mental side that's someone that's a pretty good person yeah. to kind of refer to because right. 14 out of a billion you know and if you struggle you're out and then you got to work your way to get back in so like they've been through the ups and downs so it's a lot easier to hey how did you handle this yeah like what is mentally or what like what state did you get to and how to get out of like there's definitely you know a lot of people Gabe even helped me Mm -hmm. um I think it was in 22 when I was going through a bad spurt and like you know he's really good with that so I think there's different mentors for different kind of things I don't necessarily say I have one Right. Yeah, I just have like different branches mm-hmm. yeah, different, that I can different like, parts of life, mm-hmm. different people you've met just yeah. collectively have had uh, a collective influence on exactly. the person you are, a player you've become, just an overall athlete per se. Since yeah. you've, seems like you've been involved with you know, obviously cricket, obviously baseball, but even like knowing the Rockets trainer and kind of playing basketball in the driveway, right? Like yeah. just been an active kid um, with a lot of, I guess, influential people and like their own respect of in their areas right um is there anything anybody's ever told you or kind of like a you know some people like quotes and and they like or there's a a, i guess a self-talk perspective of of being an athlete every day is there anything that you tell yourself or like a quote that you live by um that kind of keeps you going so post draft i think it's just kind of that record that history that i broke Mm -hmm. that's what kind of yeah which i will mention here shortly that is what kind of pushes me to keep going. Like, if I'm having a bad day, I got to think, all right, I was the first one to represent, you know, of a background that's yeah, representing. I got to keep pushing. So they, if they see I quit, they're going to struggle and be like, ah, he hung him up. Why can't I do it? Right, right. So, so, like, just me keeping going, regardless of what the outcome is, you know, there's other people that are watching that are being inspired. So I think that not necessarily a quote, but more of like my background that kind of yeah. pushes me to keep going. Yeah, the perspective of it all, right? Yeah. Uh, and so noting what, what KP just said, uh, and correct me if I say it in in way that, <laughs> no, you know, shape you. it up for me, but the first Indian player drafted into the ma- Major League Draft. Yeah, so the first of Indian uh, descent. descent. Gotcha. Because okay. I was American-born. Right. But yeah, first of Indian descent to be drafted. And. And since, and I, and I want to ask this because I think this is an important question, <coughs> but since that's happened, what impact have you seen in the Indian culture 
since you've been drafted, uh, any uptick or people reaching out? Like what, what has that done for, for, for that culture? Yeah, no, there's been a lot of people that have reached out, you know, through Instagram. They have, there's so many ways people can reach out nowadays, um, asking for help or what do you see? Or like, hey, my, even in America, there's parents that are like, hey, my kid's, you know, just like you and he's struggling to decide like between sport or something else is, is there something like, can we call you? Can we, no way. yeah, can we like reach out? Can you talk to him? Can you, you know, kind of just like push him and whatever path that he wants to go to or give your words of wisdom kind of thing. So it's wild because you never thought, you would never think something like that would happen. Yeah, that's true. I think what kind of resonated with me, I was at an Astros game and I had literally got off the phone with with KP. I think you were driving somewhere. We're talking about off-season training and I trained a guy that played with him, Caleb Roper, and Caleb Mm. referred KP to me. So we had a conversation And I want to say, like, a couple weeks later, I was at a Astros game, and I was sitting next to their head scouting director, a guy that goes and does uh, coverage on basically the first three, four rounders. And I was talking to him. I said, oh, I'm actually going to train one of your guys, uh, Karam Patel. And he actually told me, he goes, we got more publicity off of Karan than our first rounder. No way. Yeah. He's like, we got more media attention from that than from our first rounder. So then I knew, I was like, okay, I obviously knew that being the first Indian descent player to be drafted was big. But when he said that, I was like, okay, now it's not only reaching India, but it's also reaching over here. Yeah. That was, that was pretty cool to hear. Now when you, when you put, I mean, even whenever you referred to the cricketers, from India being, you know, the best of, you know, the population of yeah. India, right? Yeah. Well, now that you say that, being the first descent Indian descent player, you know, now I think of the numbers in India too. It's, it's wild and just to like think about how crazy that had wild. to have yeah. popped out, right? And then also referring back to, you know, the family dynamic of you talking about that, right? Of just like how close knit everybody is. Yeah. Well, being the first, which is always a big deal, right? But now that you're saying like parents and, and families reaching out to you and like that makes sense just hearing like how close knit the Indian culture is and just being like how big of a milestone that is. Uh, you know, I didn't think of it that deeply. Yeah. But now, I mean, that's that blows my mind that that they're just like, you know, picking your brain for their kid's career. And yeah. Like, what do I do and all that since you've I mean, you lived it. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure your lifestyle and, and your at home life is a lot similar to theirs. And, and I'm guessing a lot of these families live in America too. And it's like, okay, like now we're balancing baseball and American sports too, on top of our culture, you know, give like, give us the recipe. How do you do it? Yeah. Like how, how do we overcome this hurdle or this challenge? Like, you know, being Indian in a sport where there's not many people, like how did you handle it? Yeah. Yeah. Kind have you, thing. have you personally met any, any other people of Indian descent that, have been playing baseball or now playing baseball? Yeah, so I, like, when I do my lessons and stuff, I ha- actually have a couple kids that are of Indian se- Indian descent. I have one kid, he's uh, half Indian, half Mexican. You know, his dad's full Indian. The day I got drafted, so the backstory would be my pitching coach that I used mm-hmm. in high school, this kid was training in the same facility, and the pitching coach found out that the dad was Indian and was like, oh, I'm working with KP, and he's about to be the first Indian ever drafted or first of Indian descent yeah. to be drafted. 
And so that guy shot me, Kevin, his name, sent me a text. He's like, hey, do you think it's okay for me to bring my son so he can get some inspiration that Indians are doing something in sport? And so he was there on my draft day at the house for the draft That's party. Awesome. And all in, like he was included in everything, like didn't hold back. And like to this day, I've been training him, uh, giving him lessons. So there was that. And then even in the Baseball United that yeah. I got to play in this year, they had three prospects from India that have never played. Like, really? They've just trained. Two of them are pitchers and one was a hitter. And when you say never played, like game. There's no baseball's game growing. Match, right? Yeah, baseball's yeah. growing there, but they don't they don't have mound. They don't have yeah. a field designated Co- a coordinated game, right? Where yeah. you have all nine on the field, right? Exactly. It, you can pick up a ball and throw. Yeah. Right? I think they had made an attempt at it before, correct? With million dollar arm. Yeah. So um yeah. they basically had those two guys yeah. over there. Uh or they had the tryout and then two guys got selected from the Tom House thing. Yeah. But they ended up, I don't think they even lasted a, a year. Yeah, not too long. One Kinda. became a WWE wrestler. No. Yeah. <laughs> Actually? Yeah. Nice. So I was supposed to meet him. Uh, so my draft year 2019, our strength coordinator was an ex-WWE wrestler. <laughs> and he had all the plans made for that in 2020, we were going to meet. And then COVID came. Yeah. Bang. But yeah, they short part of that story is the guys one's a wwe wrestler and the other one went back to india okay which they're i think last draft of the first of indian descent first rounder was taken by the blue jays mm-hmm. and so i guess they made a documentary about him and you'll see the other guy that was selected in million dollar arm in that documentary no way. okay Dude, yeah. what, what a transition of life that guy of <clears throat> he was indian born right yeah and then got, I guess, picked up by a minor league team. But then when he got to the States and baseball faded away, like WWE. WWE yeah. Like what? a How do you get recruited? A cool, <laughs> a cool backstory on that. So Tom House, my mentor, was the one. He actually comes out at the very end of Million Dollar Arm when both of them sign a contract. And then kind of fast forward that. Now I had the privilege to train the first Indian descent player ever yeah, drafted yeah, that KP. Right so there. it was like very cool. Like, you know, when I talked to Tom a long time ago about those two players and then fast forward, geez, 10 years. Yeah. And now, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, KP, what, at what point did you know, figure out, realize that you had, you know, your baseball ability could take you past high school? Like, when did it kind of hit you? You're like, hey, I'm pretty good at this. Probably going into my junior year, um, I got to start start on varsity. You know, my first freshman year, we were all on freshman team. Sophomore year, a couple of us got to play on varsity. But uh, we had two big pitchers in front of us. One went to Texas Tech, and the other one went to um, Arkansas. Okay. And so we didn't get to play. Junior year, finally got to smell some playing time. Right, right. And so going into that summer, <laughs> it ended up – a mistake that went the right way, I guess. We, perfect game, always started off 18U and then 17U tournament, like back-to-back. So my coach for the Banditos was like, hey, we want you to fly out, play the 18U, and then play the 17U, and then we'll send you back. Yeah, Yeah. and and then you can go back home. 
I was like, okay, cool. So like, I'll get two outings. And so I pitched really well in the 18U. And there was, I guess, uh, I think it was a Marlin scout or somebody was there just watching. And he ended up sending my name to UTSA saying, yeah. hey, you need to get this kid. He's playing a year up right now. He's a 2015 grad. Because yeah. a sleeper. Yeah. yeah. And so then pitching the 17U, I went from having nobody ever watching me play to there was like 20 people back there. And I was like, what's yeah, going how'd on? How'd you feel? You were like, what? Like, I was like, who are they, they here for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Can't be You're not me. putting your name in the hat immediately. It, it's not yeah, me. Yeah. Like, we had some really good dudes on our team. And then, yeah, that Bandita seems stacked. Yeah. And so then, post that, I came back home and just everything, like, email flooded, phone flooded. And it was like taking, I think I took like two visits. I went yeah. to Sam Houston. Saw UTSA, I was like, all right, this could be it. Like, yeah. they were like, oh, you're going to play all four years. You're going to start. Like, you know, some coaches kind of sell you a dream, but right. like, they sold this one, but I also lived it. It was, yeah. I got to start for four years. And you visualize, like, you got there. Like, you can tell, like, when you go somewhere, you're like, man, like, I really feel like I, like the shoe fits here. Yeah. It, the campus was nice, big city. I didn't want to go to a small city. You know, campus was very close, mm -hmm. everything was walking distance. You park one spot ride a bus around to the main where all the buildings are, yeah. school, and then you can go um, to the baseball field. Yeah. So I was like, this is good. And so ended up committing um, my senior year, senior before senior year, and then uh, had some big schools start calling afterwards. And I was like, well, I'm already committed. Like, yeah. I'm loyal. This is the school that I picked. That's where I'm going to go. Dang. The Jack came around the corner. They're hey. like, hey. Dual commit. Weaver. Dual commit, because if you get drafted, you don't like the number, you can always come here. Yeah, it's crazy. I've always forgotten yeah. people do that. Like you can dual commit and it's not it's not anything bad. Like the do people still do yeah. that. Is that as popular? Yeah, people do that. Really? I don't know. With this transfer portal, it's like you well, can just you can just, just jump around yeah. and do do your yeah. thing, you know. So ended up doing the dual I didn't do the dual commit, but that was always in the back pocket. Weaver's like, hey, if you don't like what you get in the draft, like, yeah. come here. We'll get you out mm -hmm. in a year. Yeah, we got you a spot for sure. But ended up learning stuff about the Jack. Like, they bring in – you don't – as a high school kid, you don't know they're going to bring in, like, 10, 15 transfers at December, and there goes your PT for their spring. You're like, oh, shoot. Like, oh, Arkansas, TCU. TCU. <laughs> LSU. LSU. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so, like, ended up being the right decision going to UTSA. Yeah. You know, got to be there. Four years. Side note: Brock Hartson was my um, the guy that took me on my recruiting visit. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, he was my host. Really? So okay, yeah. like you shouted him on, on that weekend visit. Yeah, Brock cool. took me everywhere with his little fanny pack. <laughs> Don't ask me what was in the fanny, fanny pack. Fanny pack when the fanny pack <laughs> wasn't in. <laughs> but yeah, so got like got to know Brock and um, but got got to campus. So. I think uh, all those things played into a part. But to answer your question, I didn't know until probably my junior year. Yeah. I was just a stock right-hander, like 80, <laughs> 84, 88, and then woke up my senior year one day. It was like 94 was coming out. That's crazy. And what do you think? Was you think it was something that you were already doing that helped you? Because, I mean, essentially everybody's a stock righty until something changes. Whether that's like physically something changes or something changes in their training regimen, do you think from becoming a stock righty to going to ninety four and being different, what was it that changed, if anything? 
I think it was more of, so I started weight training. We were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. I started weight training in like eighth grade, okay. which was kind of fairly young at that point yeah. at that time in the, the early 2010s. Yeah. And so started the weight training. And I think it just finally, everything kind of clicked, started lifting heavier, growing, you know, puberty, whatever. Yeah. The body finally kind of figured itself out. Mm-hmm. So I think just everything started to click at 18. It just kind of like, Came all together. put together, like seeing a, didn't see it. Never worked with a pitching coach till my junior year of high school. So like a year with him, yeah. Plus five years of Was weightlifting, just, just kind of just raw, like, right? Like not refined. Very raw. Like to this day, I probably just now have found a pitching coach. Yeah. Like I worked with one. He was an older guy, mm-hmm. um, in high school, and then in college we. All the pitching coaches never pitched at UTSA that we had. Great coaches, like yeah. learned a lot, but it was never, hey, I pitched in college. It was, we had a catcher as a pitching coach my first two years. Yeah. And then my last two years, the hitting coach became the pitching coach so they could have another hitting coach. Because this is a very offensive school if you've mm-hmm. ever played at UTSA. When Howl's out to left, like Conference USA at that point was who can put up yeah. the most runs. Yeah. And so then even in Pro Bowl, got to f- witness a few. But now, like, I drive every Monday to Austin to work with Sean Gallagher, stay the night there, throw my bullpen with him on Tuesdays, come back. So I think this is, like, the first full time I've had a real pitching mm-hmm. coach. And so I want to kind of touch back on the eighth grade. So obviously we live in a world where instant gratification is – the driving force of a lot of things that we do, especially the kids. So you training at eight, what was, like, was it something where your dad's like, you're going to have to go train, like, I don't care what you do, or was it more of like, I'm going to continue to do this, I believe in it, and then it all clicked? Because we have kids that kind of get forced in there by their parents, or, you know, they're in there young age, eighth grade, but then by the time they're sophomores, they're like, I'm out. What kept you going and evidentially what helped you get to where you were going? What kept you going on those years that you weren't really making that much progress on the field? I think it was just uh, I was referred in by one of my friend's parents and then ended up loving being around my friends, my teammates, you know, working hard. Just that instant of we're always pushing each other, not giving up and kind of just getting after kind of like what you do Mm. and how you start them at the young age and they're still going. I don't, I probably didn't see many results till going into my junior year. Yeah. Um, Just like didn't know what diet was. Didn't know. I was always a heavier set kid still am, but like kind of locked down on the diet a little bit more, ended up thinning out a lot. And so just that overall, I think, just getting after it for five years, three times a week. You know, it was just Monday, Wednesday, Friday at OSP. And it was the same kind Tickle. of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I forgot. Tickle. Yeah, they're Kempner boys. Yeah, 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 so it was there, and it was kind of like the same thing. It was middle school, high school, and then you had your pros. Your Barrett Barnes came in, Michael Rocket, Daniel Rocket. Yeah. You had all the college kids, everyone, like, you grew up playing with when they came back for Christmas break. So you kind of had an idea of the plan okay. before – so that kind of kept you going. Yeah, because like, you oh, like they're coming back. You see yeah. them coming back. You're like, 
oh, okay, when I get to that level and yeah. I'm home for Christmas break, I'm not just going to take yeah. three weeks three off. Three weeks off, which a lot of I'm gonna people I'm going to come in and, you know, continue. You see them come back and you're like, all right, how are they doing? Yeah. That's kind of what well. kept you going. Yeah, just yeah. seeing the group in front of you. It's always, you don't look what's behind you. You True. always try to look up. Like, even at the level we're at now, I'm not looking at other minor league guys. Yeah. I'm looking at guys that are sticking in the big leagues, like yeah, our yeah. Ian's. Yeah. And how, how they handle things. Yeah, just be a sponge, dude. Yeah, and just absor- absorb what you can. All this information yeah. is like you take what you need and kind of process it and kind of implement it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you're behind. Yeah. True. That's uh, yeah. This this might be a hot take, but I feel like when we were growing up, you know, that it's as simple as going to a game or watching a game on TV and seeing how Derek Jeter hits. Just a stance, right? Yeah. I mean, you take it to the field, right? You're soaking it up. You're, you're, you're trying to do what they're doing. This is more specific as far as like their everyday off season routine, like what what they do off the field, yeah. and you're soaking that in. But I feel like nowadays kids don't do that as much. Like I tell my guys a lot, hey, when you go to the Astros game, like watch the guy, like watch your position, and like just see what they do. No, they just look at the the velo, or yeah. some stadiums have metrics up there. That's yeah. how they but like nowadays, yeah. everything, I feel like is kind of getting a little generic. You need to pitch kind of this way. You gotta be up. You gotta in the look zone. like Degrom yeah, to throw a hundred, yeah. but. Yeah. There's so many guys that throw 100 that don't look like DeGrom. I think that's happening even more so in hitting. Yeah. Hey, look Every, how Judge yeah. is hitting teacher man style. Everybody's you need to hit like Judge, that. and then yeah, you yeah. see why the batting average is just dropping at every level. Mm-hmm. We can get yeah. into that, too. Yeah, Obviously, you hit more home yeah. runs. Cool. But average also matters. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Side note. let's. You don't have to say any names, but... This is something that I want to get into. Obviously, I believe in a certain way of hitting, I, but I also believe that there's other ways of hitting. In your opinion, and we could talk about this for a while, but I just want to be very short. So, in your opinion, teammates that you've seen do launch angle for a full season, what, why do you think it is not working? If it worked for them, great, but what is the common theme that you've seen with them? It's a lot of hit or miss, or it's if you connect, it's gone. There's no, I'm going to try to get this ball in play and kind of get the job done kind of aspect. It's like, I'm either going to launch this into the seats, or I'm going to take my 17 steps back and go sit on the wood and put on my glove. Yeah. And how do you pitch to them? Righty. To a righty? I mean, for me, I'm trying to set them up to get to my out pitch. So I'm either starting with like a oh breaker or a fastball. Just, I'm constantly trying to change their eyes. I'm not someone that's going to blow 100 through their doors. Like, it's going to be 92, 94. But my off speed is so, like, different. Every yeah. every pitch is, nothing's coming, looking the same. It's coming mm-hmm. out of a tunnel, and then it's car ball up, down, slider, right, left, change up, four seam, two seam. So it kind of depends on the guy. If you know it's a guy that likes to chase, I'm going to get after it from the beginning. Curveball, 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 sit down. Yeah, like a launch try, angle guy. Yeah, try to get him out. My goal is always on or off in, you know, three pitches. You either punch out or you're on first base. You got a hit or you're on second or whatever Yeah, the result was. Mm-hmm. But, like, as a starter, I'm trying to minimize so I can go deeper into the game. Yeah, pitch count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm throwing 25 pitches an inning, yeah, yeah. one, selfishly, you won't get the win. Regardless if you put up four zeros, you got to throw five innings. Yeah, true. So if it's a 100 pitch We always want to get the win. You got to maximize, like, this year in Indie Ball, I was, um, my goal is to just go six. Yeah. 
I don't need to go 79. That's not proving anything. Yeah. If I can go six efficiently, give my cha- my team a chance to win. Give the pen a chance. I did my job. Yeah. And like you see it now in big leagues, guys are only going five innings. Yeah. yeah. Hand it off. That, hand it off. That hand just off, reminded me. Uh, I think it was Adam Wainwright. It was like a post game or a pre game panel, and he shouted out Woody Williams. Uh, and it was, I guess it was when Adam was young in his Cardinals career when Woody was with the Cardinals and. I guess Woody's advice to Adam was like, if you want to be like a good starting pitcher, like you got to go at least six, right? So, so you don't, you don't want the bullpen soaking up middle of the game. You want to leave the bullpen to the end of the game, save pitching. And I guess that's how he saw it. And I guess, I mean, Adam yeah. Wainwright's career is, is, you know, spoken for, but you know, like you're saying, your goal is like to go six. Yeah. yeah I'd rather get a quality start number mm-hmm. than tally over a win because so many things can happen in 79. Yeah. Th- those Especially are the most interesting nowadays. innings in the game. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. Like, all right, starters getting hit around from the first is probably going to continue for a little bit. You you can kind of foreshadow. You get to the bullpen, you keep handing the ball off, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, true. So, to, so to get a six innings, what is your mindset from the first pitch? Is it let's attack or is it I'm going to see these guys two to three times around? What is your mindset? Like, how do you get through six? Can't show them everything. Okay. You know, like, initially, in the beginning of the year, at least in the Pioneer League, like, we've, I faced one team, like, six times. So, like, they know what I'm throwing. Yeah. But every outing, something's going to look a little bit different. Like, your fastball's not going to look the same. Curveball, slider, whatever pitches you throw is going to be different. But it was, like, my first two innings, I'm going to go with two pitches. And I'm going to slowly add in the rest of the game. So, when I get to the third time of the lineup, they're not just – Canceling me out. All right, I'm gonna sit fastball. If I don't get it, I'm gonna take it. Yeah. And then when they get it, and you're like, oh man, he had a 50 50 chance. And in a hitter's league, you get it is gone, especially yeah. in Montana. I think to even put that into more perspective, you have to be that effective with those two pitches, or else you will be showing everything in the first inning. Yeah, and then you're yeah. done for because these hitters zone. get information. Yeah. So much faster nowadays. There's iPads. There's this. There's yeah. that. There's so much technology to where it's like cameras from every angle to pick up tendencies. Yeah. Right? <laughs> there's everything, and so now it's like a, you know, you got to play poker. Yeah. What can Efficient I not show? Poker. What can I not show you? Yeah. To where when it's my time to put the foot on the gas, yeah. I'm running out. Of, I'm running out. You, you know, running out of energy. Yeah. What am I gonna bang, bang, bang? Let's get out. Here's six. Skip. Thank you. Shake his hand. You know, dap up pitching coach, catcher, move on. Like here, bullpen. Let's go. Get us a win. Yeah. I think a, a pivot question, and, and you were mentioning earlier when Gabe asked this question as far as uh, like your pitch arsenal and like what you're doing to hitters and how you're pitching people with launch angle stuff. But I know, Gabe, I don't want to steal your question, but I'm going to. Okay. Um, <laughs> or I can pit. I'm, I'm going to transition into you to like his. <laughs> nah, you, you do what you want, bro. Gabe was mentioning your 12-6 curveball. Yeah. And if Disgusting. I were and if I were to go back and remember, Gabe mentioned how he carved us up at Lamar and yeah. struck out. I think he showed me the 18. stat sheet, didn't he? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was like, God bless. Gabe was, Gabe was, Gabe was the only one that didn't strike out. Huh? Did Gabe I? was the only one that didn't strike out. That's just <laughs> he'll live that. It's the hand eye coordination. Did strike out Carson. Yeah. Carson won't believe it, but you can go back and. Oh, I think Carson had two books. K's that game. That's yeah. hilarious. Tuck had a K. Everyone had <laughs> a K. Sure yeah. But uh, no, I, I, but I do remember the twelve-six curveball when Gabe mentioned that. So, yeah, does, I was uh, like, what uh, where did we learn that? it? Like, and and I'm, 
I'm curious to know if cricket and your background there had any effect on gripping a baseball and throwing that. Throwing it, that. it really did. I, I really want to believe that just cricket and having that super over-the-top yeah. right. arm slot. Helped for definitely fastball, too. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. But, like, for the curveball, it was so effortless for me to be able to, like, pull it down. Some kids, it takes forever to learn yeah, how to throw feel. a curveball. Like, yeah. I learned it probably, I don't know, curveball to, like, 13. And I picked it up in like two bullpens. And I was and like, "This 12-6. is my, this is my best friend." Like, oh, you were comfortable with it. Oh yeah, okay. but like, it got so abused in high school. Mm. My high school pitching coach <laughs> loved him to death. He's actually the head coach at my school now. Mm. But like, there would be times where I would never see the one. It's just, I had seventeen Ks once in a high school game. Wasn't against Lamar's. No, but that's seventeen out of twenty-one. That isn't batters, and he's just flipping. I'm just flipping burgers, just (laughs) curveball, curveball, curveball. My dad's curveball on the dirt. My dad's in the back, just like throw a fastball. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) You're gonna blow out, and you're like, Dad, you're right. But now the new science says curveball is actually very healthy to throw. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. Yeah, I think subconsciously, like just the natural throwing motion of playing cricket right and and then picking up a baseball just that over the top it's like not yeah. bending your elbow natural. so i'm able to get like more extension because i'm yeah. so used to delivering cricket yeah, yeah, ball yeah. and i'm trying yeah. to get all the way out there now it's like okay i can hold on my curveball longer and it's just and it's like yeah playing catch with kp i it's love not, kp it's not but fun i'm sorry if i could not have to it'd also be great like Curve, the amount of times my foot has almost gotten blown off. That, with that classic ball. like backhand catch while your foot's also flipping yeah, up, so you don't. Like yeah, that way, yeah. <laughs> you and Mark's it, ankles. Yeah, me and Mark's ankles <laughs> just take just. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, another another pivot question that you had mentioned baseball united earlier, and I'm super interested. In it. I know we don't have all the time in the world, but that was a, a pretty recent thing. Um, yeah, it was in November. Oh yeah, so, first, okay. so first pick in months. the draft. First pick, one one. So can you, yeah, real quick, describe just I uh, what what Baseball United is, what the opportunity was, and then after that, I'd love to transition into the experience of it. Yeah, so Baseball United is going to be a winter league that is trying to represent countries that don't have baseball, and so they're taking pros from America. Mm-hmm. We're going to the Middle East, and we're kind of spreading the game, and kind of giving back to areas that don't have it. The main background of Baseball United, the big United title, is that each team is going to have prospects from the region. So there's four teams right now. There's Mumbai, which is in India. Mm -hmm. Karachi, which is in Pakistan. There's um, Dubai has its team. And Saudi has a team. And so there's going to be players that are from that area, which they call them the prospects. Okay. And so they bring them in, so they're kind of in an environment with a bunch of pros, and they're able to learn and grow, and we're giving back to the game and taking it to the Middle East. That's why. That's, that's awesome. Following it from social media, it looked like an un- unbelievable experience. Yeah. Oh, they turned a cricket stadium into a full... Is that what it was before? Okay. It's, it still is. So they turned the cricket stadium into a baseball stadium. And, like, you go back and you look at the broadcast, it looks like you're playing in the old Toronto stadium. The yeah, way that, that's what it the, looked the like. The way they yeah. had the setup. The seat colors. Yeah. So big league. I mean, all the owners from 
Nick Swisher, Mariano Rivera, Albert Pujols, recently elected in the Hall of Fame, Adrian Beltre, Felix Hernandez, Elvis Andrews. Um, there's so many names I'm missing. Robinson Trinos, Robinson Cano, Bartolo Colon. Yeah, Bartolo. Like, <laughs> yeah. All, yeah, yeah. all these Legend. guys, are they see the vision. And so they're, they've bought in into spreading the game, going to the Middle East. I think they bought in and they see the vision because of where they're from. And they see how baseball has impacted so many lives. I think their goal is to now not only those Latin countries to have that effect, but all these other countries to have that effect as well. Yeah, I think it, it's also them targeting another market. Yeah. There's so many people in the Middle East and S- South Asia in the subcontinent that play the sport, but will never be able to see the sport. Yeah. At the highest level, which we broke barriers when we went in November to first every game in that area in the yeah, Middle East. Yeah, yeah imagine wow. that. everyone there that was watching for the most part has probably never seen a baseball game. Like no, a there was people that like game. flew from Japan, flew from India, flew from all of these countries to Dubai mm-hmm. to watch this. I think what's cool about that is how many games did I play? We, we played a two game showcase. I think those two games, the amount of kids that watched those two games and said, I want to play baseball, I think was worth the entire operation. Huge. I mean, just before the way they had the setup, I don't know if y'all have gotten to see it. They had on-field cabanas. What? So like courtside basketball seating. They had courtside baseball seating. They had cabanas. They had the cabanas netted off. So like. These kids had access to us on the field as we were walking to the dugout. Which is so cool because, I mean, we were talking about other sports and taking in other sport experiences. And, you know, courtside basketball is unbelievable because you get to be so up and close and you get to hear the players talk, talk. Yeah expletives and not expletives but <laughs> i'm sure you kept it clean right yeah i mean they were a fair distance okay. away because oh, okay, obviously okay. baseballs are going to be flying, flying everywhere yeah. very fast but just that experience it, level the thought they put it into okay yeah. how are we going to make this different oh it was so well organized they had like 10 on-field out. cabanas that and it so is different like when you the, i mean that's why tickets are more expensive the closer yeah. you get but when you're that close, and especially to a sport that you've probably never experienced before, yeah, they had how a, eye-opening it can be. They had bands in the stand, high school bands. Oh, really? Like it felt like I was. It was Saturday night. I'm going to represent a college. I'm running out of the <laughs> tunnel, kind of vibe. Just like yeah. hearts beating out of the chest. You're like, played this game hundreds and yeah, hundreds but I of have times. Not had this feeling. But what is this? That's They're awesome. like playing music. They kind of we did a football entrance. Like each team ran out from behind <laughs> the fence to the dugout. That's hysterical. I mean, it was unbelievable. Just that atmosphere and being able to play with some of these big, big names. Like, I grew up watching some of these guys, you know, playing on TV or maybe played against them in a backfield game. Yeah. You know, in spring trainings. But, like, being on the same team as D.D. Gregorius was my shortstop. Robinson Cano was my second baseman. Yeah, that's so cool. It's a wild You look back and you're like... Yeah, I can I can give up a couple ground balls. Yeah, Dee 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 or Robinson. Hey, you and me. It's like, Andrelton yeah, Simmons. I, yeah, yeah. Andrelton Simmons was. You had a cannon. He was oh. on the other team for this, but like rocket. for the season that's gonna happen, we're both on the Mumbai Cobras together. 
That's awesome. And so, and then watching Bartolo pitch at 50, just carving, yeah, yeah, yeah. just absolutely sinker, <laughs> sinkers yeah, just that are just singing. breaking the whole plate. <laughs> and you're, and then Jair Jurgens, like there were so many, yeah. and they're all great dudes. Like, that's the best part too, is like you've seen these guys play, like, right? They're just, they're professional athletes. You see them on TV all the time, but you've never gotten to know them personally until this experience, right? Yeah. And so, and then when you find out the kind of person they are, which is always relieving for people yeah. to hear, right? Like, yeah. you always want to hear about, oh, what's he like? And then yeah. you hear, oh, he's an awesome dude. <laughs> that that's the best feeling yeah like, it is. yes yeah. I've, I've always liked him as a player but he's a good dude I love so him. i yeah. ended up we had a photo shoot before the draft that happened and so it was like i was there pablo sandoval was there panda yeah the panda struck him out he was my first strike out <laughs> in baseball united um, world series legend yeah, world <laughs> series. The, the panda was yeah, there robinson was there Didi was there all these guys were there and so like the first day i was super shy i was like I'm the only guy here that didn't make it to the big leagues. With like, like 10 years of big leagues. I mean, yeah, guy not just made it there. Yeah. Like, yeah. 12 years. It's big like league. established yeah. big leagues. Yeah. But I was like the only one that didn't have that kind of time. And so I was like super quiet. And then they were like bringing me in on conversations. Cool. Me and my dad were sitting. There was a dinner at the CEO's place. And so me and my dad were sitting there. Bartolo literally sat in front of me. Nice. And we're having conversation in English. Oh, really? I didn't For know like that. an hour in English. And we, he was just talking to me because I was like, all right, I'm just like shy kid. Like yeah. when you first know me, I don't talk a lot. And then once yeah, I get to yeah. know you, I don't stop talking. Yeah. And so it was one of those things. And then embarrassing story. Sorry, Dunn. Uh, <laughs> we, we were riding back and everyone was like sharing their experience of whatever they played this season. Yeah. My dad's snoring in the back of the van. I'm over there Sounds kicking like my him. Dad. Just yeah, kicking him, yeah, hey, yeah. wake up, man. You're embarrassing me. It's my first time. These are all big leaguers. Like, they're going to laugh at me that you're back there sleeping. So when we were in Dubai, they would all bring up the story. Uh, so, awesome. like, my dad was the only one that had access outside of the staff to, like, go mm-hmm. be on the field, do whatever he wanted to do. And so they would always bring up the story, like, hey, Casey, remember when you were sleeping in the van? <laughs> and I, I would Don't be dying sleep, laughing, Casey. like, this is so embarrassing, like. And Casey probably just had to wear it. He yeah. was just like, oh, I was sick. I was That's tired. So like, good. I was just wanting to sleep. Like, that makes a great story, though. Especially with like the talent. It's and, something like, the, I'm never going to forget. Yeah. In a van with. That literally know. sounds like my dad. We went to a Kansas City Royals game, and he was adamant about sitting first row. He was asleep within the first. <laughs> he wanted to like, sit there, too. He was just knocked out for like six inches. <laughs> like, okay, guy. That's yeah. that's like dad energy to a T. Yeah. Or it's just like, like I can only take so much, and then I gotta like I gotta hit dudes a Dudes are walking by to go to the plate, and my dad's just like knocked out. <laughs> we have yeah. to go back and see if we can catch the film of the game, and then start scrolling around and see <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, where Gabe's at. <laughs> yeah. The only dude I've ever seen that falls asleep at the blackjack table, but still wins every hand. He uh, does. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. I wish we get more into it. I know we're we're, we're running out of time, but. <laughs> Towards the end of these podcasts, I want to make sure I ask these questions, and and I mentioned it earlier, but I think everyone could define what hard work is, you know, almost to a T. But I think everyone lives it out differently. What when I ask you like what hard work is, like how would you define it? How what what is hard work in your mind? I mean, hard work to me is just your commitment to your craft, regardless of result. I think um, if you're committed to something for long enough 
and you just keep going at it regardless of what's happening you've put in all the hard work i think that you don't have to you can put it away knowing that you did your best Mm -hmm. it's not it's not just a oh i tried a little bit it didn't work out you know i'm gonna put it away now like especially in this game y'all both know it like there's more downs than there is ups yeah and you're always regardless if you keep working hard you can go to bed knowing i did my best yeah i'm fully committed like that's a super hard thing to to this grind or to to anything yeah you know and the time comes for everyone to put to hang them up but when you do can you tell yourself that i gave it all i had because if you left a little bit on the table you're never going to be satisfied if you left a little bit on the table you're probably a sunday league legend Meaning, that's why I mean Tuck don't go Dude, for that table, <laughs> You're right. That table is so full. Yeah. That so <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right, dude. No, and I, no, and, and, sure. and I think there is a point of like, you know, I think everyone can look back and be like, I could have done something else. Like, yeah. I, and, and I know I get the, the words where it's like, don't like play with no regrets. Right. And I think naturally, like, we're going to be like, ah, man, like I could have done this differently. But I think you're right, man. It's like every day, like the satisfaction isn't the result. Yeah. It's a satisfaction yeah. that you did you did show up to this workout at Gabe's, right? And you worked your tail off or that bullpen, you really tried working on something and like maybe it wasn't working for you, but like you walked away with like one little spark where it's like, ah, like I did feel this. Like there there it's the work that you put in and knowing that okay, like I did put in my time and trusting that process. I hate how cliche that is, but like knowing that like all this stuff builds up. Um and that in itself, you know, can create a type of success, which is also the other question I want to ask is, is how do you deem success, right? I think everybody has a different definition of success to them. Um, and I think obviously you're on this podcast. That's why we like, we, you know, <laughs> we want to have successful people on this podcast to share their, share their experiences. But I would love to know like what success in your eyes is. Yeah, I think for me, success is kind of tailored off of the last one, but it's not what the result was, I think, is how can I keep climbing? And the higher I get up the ladder is the more success I'm getting. So, like, if my career was to end, yes, was it successful career? Yeah, but now, like, my next phase would be, all right, I'm coaching kids. Mm-hmm. How can I help them achieve success? So when, as they become chasing success, then I become more successful. Like, it doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, there's no ceiling. Right. And it could be in any matter. It doesn't have to be in sport or in job. Like there's so many different things you can be successful at. It's Mm -hmm. just achieving, trying to get better, one percent better every time you do something and just keep going at it. It's not a one time kind of answer. Yeah. I hit this goal and like that was it. That's it. Cool. I think the success is in the process is in the journey i think that's what you'll find as that's what you'll define as the success is the journey yeah because i think every off season when we come home we try to be as successful and work as hard as possible but at the end of the day the decision if you made the team or if you're not on the team is not in your hands yeah so how can you base your success level 
off of a decision made by somebody else. And so. it's it's funny you say because out of all the guys I've talked to, guys that have been drafted, they'll pretty much all of them say that that's what they find success in. And I'm sitting back there, I'm like, like you, like Reed, like everybody in the gym that's been drafted, y'all are already in such a small class of people that if your career to end today or a day after you got drafted, you've still accomplished so much more than what is, I don't even know the number. I mean, I think I was talking to this with Sean the other day when I was in Austin. He's like, what is it? Half a percent of who plays yeah. in college will get drafted. Will get drafted. Now like it's even smaller. Yeah. Now it's even it's smaller 20 with twenty rounds. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So like they cut it in half. So is that a quarter? Yeah. Quarter so percent? I, I think looking at that, you're like, wow, like they're very successful. But none of them look at it like that. I think when you're in the process, it's like, I need to keep climbing. I need to keep climbing. But I think sometimes it is, it w- it is nice to sit back and say. I have gone so far in this game. Yeah, I think. Which is, yeah. Even for kids, making the high school team is climbing the ladder. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And then making JV is climbing the ladder, making varsity is climbing the ladder, going to NAI, D3, D2, D1, wherever, playing college baseball, now you've gotten to that 1%. And then obviously the ultimate goal is to get drafted or get signed, or even playing independent ball, you're in that quarter percent, Yeah, Yeah. that half percent. So like, that ladder doesn't end. If you stop playing, you're able to now, if you want, help the next kid try to mm-hmm. yeah. keep going. Like you're still successful. You have passed so many different barriers, barriers yeah. Yeah. levels, levels, just getting to where you got that it's success. Yeah, that number. I mean, based off the, the percentage and the numbers of people, you know, drafted and then et cetera. It's, it was yeah. it was Coach Rod that that said this and just you know, the people that make the major leagues, the amount if in perspective of how long the game's been going on. So what, like, I don't know when the official like stat. I think there's 17,000 big leagues. It's something, it's something Which crazy, right? In a and game that, that's like what, 200 plus years old? And that, yeah, yeah and, it, and it's like the fraternity of those players, right? That, that, that doesn't even fill up half of Minute Maid Park. No. Yeah. Right? Like when you think of it that 17, way. 17,000 is, yeah. It's crazy, and like the, the the small amount of people, right, and and, and backlogging to to minor leagues, and just the amount of people that are drafted. I don't know what the number is too, but that's such a small percent of yeah. people that go on to get to that point. Um, I just was kind of geeking over that number and, and that that, <laughs> yeah. that in perspective. I like see it, it on Instagram a lot. Yeah, that, when that, you, that yeah. post that comes up. Oh, there's only been which is like it's such a special thing. That's why yeah. it's so special. And like, obviously, yes, like in, in, in its own right, like like such a, uh, a successful place to be or to even get considered or, or to that place, which kind of makes me think of like, I have a MILB page online. Let's go. Obviously didn't play for any team, but like you can argue that I'm, I'm one of those people. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely didn't play minor league baseball, <laughs> but my name's on the website, so kind of cool. That's um, all that matters. They Google you. Yeah, Tucker if you Google Cascadden, me. MILB.com. I'm That's it. I'm going to have someone take that down. <laughs> <laughs> they probably work in his house somewhere. Uh, no, man, no, I appreciate <laughs> I know. I know we're both so uh, appreciative uh, of you coming on here and sharing, and, and you know, we could have 
we can. Uh, hopefully, there's another day we can re- recap and I'm, I'm go down. back over. This was, this was fun. Let's you know, stories of minor league ball because minor league ball stories are yeah, you know, bar none yeah. like the best. Um, um, and then your yeah. stories of baseball united and getting to know some of these guys and personalities, man. But you know, before we close up, you have anything that you might you know want to shout out or mention or just say. I mean, all I got to say is uh, thank you guys for having mm-hmm. me on here. And to whoever is listening, you know, keep working hard. Like we talked about, success isn't just measured by what you do, like, in the moment. Mm-hmm. It, you can keep climbing regardless of where it stops. And um, kind of selfish, but follow me on Instagram <laughs> at DKP20 to continue <laughs> seeing progress of my career here with Gabe and baseball united and uh kind of see how you know how life is of someone in the minor leagues or in professional baseball because sometimes you never see the other side yeah also follow him so you can see your boys decked out for kp's wedding i'm in kp's wedding (laughs) yeah you've talked about uh, yeah being guys weddings okay so kp kp's wedding's coming up and you're in it yeah and i'm we're gonna be suited and shout out sonali shout out (laughs) sonali thanks for all the measurements it fit perfectly except for the pants uh, but we're going to be looking good. She I said to squat less, wearing, but I told wearing. her, she said to squat less. Squat less. But oh, you don't really hard. work out, so yeah. I told natural. her, uh, you know, it's just a baseball player yeah. thing. But I'm excited, to. I'm excited for sure. No, it's awesome. KP, thanks again, dude. Yeah, thank uh, you guys for having me. Can't wait to put this boss. one out. Good stuff yeah, for sure. Good one. All right, yeah. man. Thank All right. you. Yeah, no problem. We're out. Welcome.